0: Rolling down the highway. And that's the intro for this podcast As Chris and I, the Helium boys Are back together on a road trip You heard the stereo Chris said whatever song comes on next That's what's going to be the, the intro That's how this podcast is going to be For any audio snobs out there We are literally on the road right now We're driving back from Arizona, from Tempe So you may hear some trucks beside us You may hear the, the whooshing of, of noise We've turned the air conditioner down now, so we're going to go with this podcast until we get too hot and we can't take it anymore, so however long that lasts. But Chris, Helium Boys reunited for a road trip here. Got an opportunity to go and see USC play at Arizona
1: State. What are your thoughts on this overall trip so far? Before I get into that, I just want to point out a few things. Yes, we realize this this is not what an actual car cast is. We're taking it a little bit further than what I think, you know, Rain of Troy famously, they have their famous car cast. This is a little bit step above that, actually doing it on the road, going 60 miles per hour, a little bit more than that. We realize it's not an actual car cast, it's more like a moving violation. <laughs> uh, hopefully that does not happen, and this is all off the cuff. We're, no, we're not really structured in anything. We have a couple of uh, questions at the end here. We're going to talk about some other stuff outside of USC football, but I'm a little nervous because I don't like going off. I don't like having no structure, but you, you just talked me into it. You were like, just do it. <laughs> And I, 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 I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to go with this flow because everything right now is just wide open. Anything can happen. We're on the road. You know, the beautiful mountains. We just passed the Rio Grande River. We <laughs> yeah. did.
0: I don't think that happened, Chris. Yeah,
1: I, I've always just wanted to say that on a podcast. <laughs> and this is the only opportunity ever we're ever going to have. So we just passed it. The we, West Mississippi, right? Sure. Whatever. We we're, were leaving Tempe. It was a game probably we all sort of saw happening. I tweeted before the game, I can see USC winning by three touchdowns coming out here, you know, rallying after losing Drake London and just having this, where did this game kind of, kind of come from with Jackson Dart and Keaton and this whole two QB system? Maybe it'll work, or I can see them coming out and losing by three touchdowns, and that was closer to the result that we saw, a 31-16 final. USC could not get anything going on offense between this, this two QB system, which I'm sure is going to be talked about a lot this week. Yep going to face a lot of questions about that. So my biggest takeaway looking at this game was this was just a game where two teams didn't have a lot of confidence in, each, in, in their, their play styles or anything, but someone had to win this game and it was Arizona State.
0: Yeah, I, I think you know
1: coming into this season, this was a game you looked at on the schedule and go,
0: this could decide the Pac-12 South and my, oh my, two programs that are nosediving. Um, and, and for vastly different reasons, I feel like. USC is kind of a buildup of things. You know that had that plagued them over the last few years, over the last ten years. You know, it's basically like it's caught up with them finally. You know, they, they've been able to to be on the run from the law for a while, but it finally caught up with them. Um, whereas Arizona State seemed to be a team on the rise, and then obviously the FBI or not FBI, excuse me. That's, that's, that's USC, USC. That's USC with yeah, FBI yeah. investigations, but um, with the NCAA investigation and having an actual dossier uh, delivered to. DNCA from someone in their previous staff, so they were a, a seemed like a be a program on the rise, and then obviously sounds like they're breaking COVID rules and stuff, and you know upsetting everyone around the conference, not just you know that oh they're they're breaking some recruiting violations, but you know breaking some health and safety protocol issues too. So two teams though that thought at the beginning of the year I, maybe they could play through it, they can play through USC schedule, you know was very favorable for them, Arizona State. You know, have a ton of veterans, and both teams have suffered some injuries that really hurt them, but both teams has kind of come crashing down on them. Arizona State uh, more recently just not playing up to their potential. I mean, a few weeks back, they're up 21-7 on Utah, and at that point at halftime you go, okay, they're the favorites to win the South. Some people are even talking about them as potential college football playoff contenders because they're saying, oh, they could get over this loss that they had to BYU. They could win out in the Pac-12 have seen that's not the case. No one really wants to win out in the Pac-12 uh, across the conference. But this game seemed to be a matchup of two teams that who was going to get in their way the least, get in their own way the least. You know, they were just going to trip and stumble over their own selves. And you saw Arizona State go try, start trying to throw it deep early in the second half. They were running the ball pretty well. Uh, and suddenly they want to throw it deep. Now, maybe that loosened up USC's defense. And that's what, what enabled them to have those big runs. I don't think that was the case. But, you know, it just didn't make much sense. They were just getting in their own way again. USC, with this two-quarterback system, seems to be getting in its own way. Um, and then, obviously, without Drake London, I thought the offense was going to suffer, and it did. You know, it just was not the same thing. He, he just he creates separation for himself. He creates openings for everyone else. And without that, this offense didn't do much, and, you know, Quarterbacks threw 45 times, and I think they had less than 250 yards. a couple interceptions, one each for them. And Arizona State basically said, we're going to stack the box. You can't beat us one-on-one outside. If someone can, then then we'll change something then. They never had to change anything. They stacked the box. They stopped Keontae Ingram, who got a little banged up to. And just, you know, the, the offense couldn't get anything rolling. Same issues we've seen all season for the defense. I thought they played pretty well except for the missed tackles. Yeah. And that's a huge part of defense. But I I feel like they were in place a lot of time. I mean, created three turnovers, first time they've done that in a long time. So they were doing a lot of good things, and they were in position to make those plays to keep those long runs. But you, you can't give up explosive runs and be like, well, we played really well except for this, you know, when it's explosive plays. So, you know, they struggled again in that area. And because of that, you know, arizona state was able to separate late because it was a it was a touchdown game late and it was like well what five six seven eight minutes somewhere in there where usc had a drive and the question was which quarterback are you going to put in down by eight points this is like the critical drive and i think it was keaton slowest i think i think they went three and out actually um and you know you start was started a better choice right there or should they have had keaton in the drives before that. Was he so too he, cold or was yeah, everyone out
1: of rhythm? It's just, that's why the 2QB system doesn't work. We see it at the high school level, and I always say, I just you got to go with someone. You bring someone in, they, they have a couple drives, maybe it's not successful, maybe it is successful, but then you bring the other guy who's cold, while the other guy just got in rhythm. It, it just it just throws everything off, or it feels like it just throws everything off. The only time it really works is at the high school level when it's like St. John Bosco. Now, they've done it
0: you know, pretty regularly, Centennial's done it pretty regularly, but what do those teams have in common? is that they are vastly superior athletically to their opponents most of the time. And that's why they can do it. Like, quarterback doesn't need to be in rhythm when the guy is 12 yards wide open. Whereas USC last night, their wide receivers aren't creating a ton of separation. They're, They're receiving options. I'll put the tight ends in there, the running backs as well. They're not creating a ton of separation. So you're having to throw some tight window throws, and both quarterbacks had some throws that were behind people. Jackson Darts' interception was behind. Uh, Keenan Slovis' interception, bad ball placement. Now that was the opening drive, so you can't blame that on the the two QB system. Um, but both quarterbacks had some throws that were a little bit behind the receivers. They didn't, you know, they weren't able to connect on any of the deep balls. I looked at the stats today on PFF, and it was, I believe, USC's quarterbacks were combined four of seventeen on throws over ten yards. That ain't going to get it done, and so. I think USC has just gotta pull the band-aid off and say, look, we're gonna make a decision, we're gonna stick with one guy and go with it. Whether that's Keaton Slovis, uh, and you know, you wanna create a Jackson Dart package, I think that's actually probably the best way to go and actually use him in red zone and third down, short yard situations.
1: That RPO was really nice where he scored on that, yeah, that, that,
0: exactly. that run. And I think he can do some different things. Or if you wanna say, We need to be able to do those things all the time and we gotta get Jackson Dart in there. We need he's the guy of the future, we need to build right now. And you know you just put put Keaton Slovis on the back burner. That's what you got to do. One or the other. But I just don't think the way it's going back and forth and just saying, okay, we're gonna go two drives, two drives, two drives. That's really working out. I asked Graham Harrell after the game. You know, is this? Did you follow basically the same pattern that you did last year, last week, or did you guys kind of switch it up? He's like, nope, same thing. So, you know, even if it's we're gonna try each of the guys, and give them three drives each in the first half, and then whoever has the hot hand, we're gonna go with it, because. That's what Dante Williams actually told Jordan Moore at halftime. We're going to go with the hot hand. But then Graham Harrell said, no, we just continued the, the pattern we were doing. Graham Apparently Dante Williams, now I, I didn't hear this myself. I was told this. But Dante Williams also told ESPN that Dart would start in the second half. And then he, then Keane Slovis. It's like there's so, I don't know if there's just a lack of communication, which could be is definitely an issue if that's the case. Or it's, just trying to play mind games or whatever it is. Love a good mind game. But this team's not good enough to play mind games. I think you're playing – instead of playing mind games with the opposition, I think you're playing mind games with a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old or however old the two guys are, 18- and 21-year-old. And instead of Herm Edwards – like Herm Edwards, I don't think he's caring about your mind games, whereas these two quarterbacks I think are, and I think it's affecting them. And I don't think they're playing as well as they could. And maybe it's just Arizona State has a good defense – and we're just not giving them enough credit, and that's why they struggled yesterday without Drake London. But I just felt like neither one of the quarterbacks played up to their potential in this two-quarterback system this past this past week against Arizona State.
1: Yeah, the big stat for me when it comes to the offense is, like you said, defense created uh, three turnovers on, on, on the day. Only came away with three points off those three turnovers. Ooh, that's, 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 that's just – I think if you come away with at least a touchdown in one of those scenarios – I think USC wins this game, and we even talked about it. I think Drake London in this game, USC leaves the desert with a win. Yeah, so Drake London's not—he's going to have 150 yards receiving.
0: Now, that's not going to be 150 plus what they already got. You know, probably 75 more, maybe even 100 more. But that's that's huge. You know, going from—I can't remember what the quarterbacks combined for—is like around 250. But getting to 325 or 350 for the quarterbacks' passing yards, and then also just because he. He keeps, the, keeps you from being able to play just straight man-to-man outside. Other teams have tried that. Colorado tried that. Washington State tried that. What happened? They got absolutely burnt. So teams can't do that against USC because of how good Drake London is. Well, Arizona State was able to do that. So if you get them out of playing man-to-man, that creates a little bit more space for the running back. You get the run game going a little bit more. And the offensive line was okay. You know, it's similar – It's kind of what their season grade is right now. They're good, not great, not terrible. They kept the quarterbacks upright for the most part, didn't open up a ton of holes, didn't give up a ton of, you know, just blown plays where the running back's getting destroyed in that background in the backfield. That did happen a couple times, though. So that's why it's just kind of okay. And the fact that they were doing it with two backups at the end
1: of the game. Yeah, it was a makeshift line. You know, Corlin Ford starting left tackle. He was out, didn't really practice this week. So we kind of expected – you know maybe we're gonna see a little bit different and Andrew Voorhees the redshirt senior the most veteran line and you know he stepped up in the left tackle role. I think he did really well uh, I think you looked at the PFF grades I think he graded out as uh, USC's best uh, offensive lineman and best overall player on offense so I think he had a really good game but I talked to Justin Dietrich about it and he said you know while you know maybe we didn't give up a lot of sacks and maybe a couple pressures those pressures were key that we did give up and he felt like overall when the line when they needed the line the most they kind of let them down a little bit so I know in, they're internalizing that a little bit better. And kind of Clay McGuire kind of said something similar, like, yeah, I thought we were okay, but overall, you know, we didn't get the job done. We didn't get the win. So, in, in that sense, you know, we didn't do our job.
0: Yeah, they gave them some time. Now, USC, actually, their best drives were when Arizona State committed penalties. When their defensive backs were, were holding or pass interferences, that helped those drives along because USC just wasn't consistently moving the ball. And I think that all stems from the run game. When they ran the ball well when they had some explosive runs or even some six eight yard runs and were able to pick up some first downs with the run they were able to score points when they didn't run the ball and i tweeted this out during the game and i got a bunch of comments but i said it's everyone wants to make it a slovis versus dart thing but it's more of a usc run the ball versus not run the ball successfully deal at least in that game last night when they ran the ball well they they were able to score points they didn't run the ball well. They didn't score any points. And that was with Jackson Dart or Keen Slows. didn't matter. I mean, Jackson Dart, the first drive, he leads USC. His first drive leads USC for a field goal. Well, how'd he do on that drive, Chris? He had no completions. So, so
1: yeah. He didn't really need him to do much. It was just like, you know, we're he, riding this. Race. He's in there. He's managing it for us. Yeah, he
0: drew a couple of flags. I think he was it technically was 0 for 3 on the drive. Um, he did draw a couple of passer, or pass interference and a holding, I believe. Um, So some people were like, well, Jackson Dart scored on both his drives. He's got to be in. I was like, was that really on him? I I mean, I don't like the two-quarterback system, but everyone wants to immediately just throw it to Dart, and I feel like you're not really judging it um, on what the quarterbacks are actually doing. And I I don't think either quarterback played well, and I think it's because of that two-quarterback system, not letting them get into the rhythm they need to be. And I was never one to really believe in the whole rhythm notion like a running back needing to get in a rhythm, he needs a certain amount of carries. I'm just always, I've always poo-pooed that a little bit, but I thought it was really interesting what Keaton Slovis said last week after the Arizona game, after the interception he threw. He said, "Yeah, that's something where the the linebacker was kind of, you know, taking off on the coverage and getting underneath, and that's something he didn't really see, and maybe he would have seen that a little bit better if he had been in the game consistently." And I was like, hmm, "That's kind of interesting." And football is a game where you're constantly adjusting and adapting. As as you progress, and like basketball, you can get in. and If a defense plays a little bit differently, you're going to be able to identify it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, it, it's not like something you, you need to eat several plays in a row to kind of get that notion. Whereas football is a little bit more like that. So I'm believing a little bit more in rhythm. After that that quote, and, and you know, looking into it a little bit more with some other people, uh, so I think it's something that that's going to be the ultimate question the rest of the season. But you know, especially this week is. What are you going to do with the quarterbacks? Are you going to continue this, this uh, you know, farce? Is what it kind of is of playing two quarterbacks and saying that they're these are equal quarterbacks and they're just so talented we got to play both of them. But if you're hindering both of them, is it really beneficial to the team? Right. And I think that's the, the stage they're at right now. I think they tried it out and gave it a chance and said, I think after that game you got to look at it and say this isn't working. We got to make a change. Can we talk about something
1: positive, though? Saving Alfred? Yeah, 29. He, he started out, his, my first like, mention of him from this game was the big Gary Bryant return to start the game. A nice little start uh, for USC's offense. You know, I believe that's probably their biggest return of the season. You know, We haven't really seen a huge special teams moment. Uh, but Gary takes it all the way, ends up on the Arizona sideline, and kind of gets thrown into the... Uh, the 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 bench over there he runs into some assistant on the bench really hard he falls down first guy over there number 29 Xavier alford going in there helping out being a good teammate on the sideline picking him up getting him out of the you know a situation where on enemy sideline goes on to have a good game you know two picks uh his best game uh in his usc career he had a couple a rough game uh, at notre dame a couple weeks ago but came back on this this road trip and you know had himself a night yeah, Notre Dame, he missed a couple tackles, but then he really hurt himself
0: with a different sideline interaction uh, coming off the Notre Dame sideline and throwing a little uh, forearm shiver to the back of the head of Kyron Williams, uh, which drew a flag, which continued a drive where USC needed to get the ball back to have a chance. So I think he bounced back from that last week at Arizona against Arizona, made some tackles, and you know he wasn't in for a ton of plays, but every time he's been in for some consistent playing time outside of that Notre Dame game, he's made a good number of tackles. And I don't know if that's good or bad with USC's defense. You, you don't always want your safeties to be making a lot of tackles. But for the number of plays he was in, I think in Arizona it was like 20 plays, and he had like four or five tackles. And last night I thought he got rotated in more. So we looked at the snapcast, according to PFF. I haven't done my, my full participation yet. But they have all six safeties. That's Isaiah Pullemau, Chase Williams, Kalen Bullock, Greg Johnson, Zavin Alford, and Chris Thompson all playing – within like a six to eight play window. It was like 33 or 36 to 43 plays, I think it was. They all played that number of plays. So I thought it was really interesting that they're truly rotating in six guys now at that position, and Kalen Bullock's the only the guy that you could say, hey, that guy needs to be on the field all the time with the way he's played. But Zayven Alford last night, huge game, and I think he's going to earn himself even more playing time. Uh, in, he's a guy that, that Craig Ivar recruited – at Texas, signed him at Texas, and then Naivar was let go after the bowl game, and so Xavier Alfred was there for a year, and then after the COVID year, he came transferred to USC, so he's worked his way up. He's kind of a, you know, Craig Nivar called him still a true freshman because of the COVID year, but he's a guy that's improving, and I think you're seeing that improvement. He plays with a little bit of swagger, a little bit of, a little bit of menace, actually, to him, and I think that the safety room needs that, and I think he... You know, was in the right spot last night, made a couple of nice plays. And because of it, first two interception games since 2017 at Jenna Harris I, against, I think it was Colorado, if I remember correctly. And one of those was a pick six who's basically ran right to me and smiled at me. It was just crossing the goal line for a good photo there. But, uh, David Alford, big game last night. And it'll be interesting to see how that safety rotation
1: continues to develop
0: as they go forward.
1: Big question on everyone's mind something i want to get on record with you was it a fox or a coyote (laughs) because there's some a little bit debate on team fox and i think most of the world believes it's team fox but there is some debate about it being coyote so where do you fall obviously a huge question here i mean this is the
0: probably the most important question of the road trip i mean he stole the show I didn't see. I didn't see his first interaction on the field. Uh, you said he ran into the stands, and I said, "Man, look at that agility!" Seeing it on uh, on SportsCenter or whatever show we were watching uh, in the hotel, the agility, the speed, the quickness.
1: USC needs this guy on another team. True joystick back. Yeah, tiny but but quick and nimble. Oh yeah, and definitely. When, I, when I, I don't know what your first reaction or instance of like realizing what was happening. For me, we were up in the press box. Someone said something and it was very chaotic the play was down here to the left side and then i saw something on the field and i was like is that a cat what is that <laughs> and i just you just saw something near the near the 25 yard line and it was just going up the field and i was like that's i mean someone said it's a fox and i was still on the cat thing for a little bit and then and then i was like oh what that's a fox i don't think i've ever seen a fox up close other than, other than like an uh, animated movie, like the Fox and the Hound. Do not watch that movie, wow. that movie is so devastatingly sad. Do That's not watch horror. that movie. Do not watch that movie, I'm telling you right now. Anyway, Fox goes up the sideline, up to the USC sideline. People are like, kind of around it, is still kind of like half going on. I don't even remember if it actually got a playoff. I think they did. And then the, the Fox just jumps up, like leaps up, like an impressive box jump. You don't know, wanna see people do in the gym like josh amata baby style yes absolutely amata baby style up the thing scurries like up the freaking uh uh stands aisle. the aisle super fast and then like cuts in and then i don't know what happened i was expecting to see like in a cartoon where like everybody in the aisle jumps up <laughs> as it runs through <laughs> the, the thing but that didn't happen and then like maybe less than two minutes later it's down on the like end zone over here i don't know how it got up over there is it can it teleport? I don't know. Was it a different box? <laughs> I don't know. And then it just was down there, and then it kind of ran out of the, the tunnel, and everyone cheered. It was it was a very surreal moment. It was very interesting how they were able to slowly walk it towards the
0: exit, and it was like, alright, all right, fine.
1: God. I'm out of here. You got I'll, me.
0: You got all me. Alright, right, I'll, I'll see myself out. I'm not, I'll go. It's like at a bar, the drunk guy that doesn't yeah. want to leave. Like, fine, I'll go. Like, trying not to cause trouble and trying not to get actually literally thrown out. Uh, but I think it was a fox. Now, I tweeted this. I would have a better knowledge of if it was a fox versus a coyote if Chris would have let us go to the zoo on the way to Arizona. It was questioned. We had to get off the interstate to avoid a wreck, and we're right at the L.A. Zoo. So as we're getting going through L.A., he said, no, we gotta get to, we got to get out to, to the desert. So. But my argument
1: is we wouldn't have gotten to experience that if we had stopped at the zoo. Are you saying just did not – Go to the game at all and just go into the zoo and then go home? Oh, or you say you just made a pit stop? We could've made a pit stop. Yeah, we could have. I, I guess you're right, but But I think
0: it's a fox because I believe the tail is what is the, tail? the game right here. Big okay. much bigger tail. I don't think coyotes have the big tail like
1: that. Big tail big guy. Big fluffy tail. Big tail guy? Well like tail, Sonic's in tail. Yes. I mean that was that was like one of the craziest like non football things had to have seen in a game, right? It was up there. Um. Yeah, it's up there I don't even know what else would make the list Right now
0: I mean, there's some other things that are That are interesting that have happened I mean, like the Reggie Bush shaking hands With Marky Step yeah, uh, Which is technically thing. not in the play of, The run of play I, I'll count that, that's a crazy Lindale thing Lindale White being escorted out of the Coliseum That was very sure. You know, eye-opening um, Yeah, so there's been some things Off the top of my head, I'm not remembering anything crazy The You know, in in some of the baseball games, there's been delays for, like, bees and things. That's kind of crazy to me that I've been to. I'm taking Fox over bees any day. Oh, yeah. Fox, you feel like, oh, that's cute and cuddly. That's cool. Oh, look at it. Bees, you're like, oh, hell no. I'm going to get stung. I don't want to be, uh, you know, what's the movie, My Girl or whatever it is. You want to get My Girl? Yeah,
1: don't want to get My Girl. That's the second, like, super sad movie we've referenced. true. And there's a third one where automatically we have two (laughs) strikes. Third super sad movie. It's done. It's over. I'm just cutting it. I'm just cutting it. All and right. just, just an update. We're 29 miles outside of Banning. Just to give you a little geography lesson as to where we are on this on this 109 trip. 109 miles from L.A., which is almost half the
0: miles from yardage that Rashad White had last Wow. Time. What a, what a tie. This is why he's the best in the business. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a pullback. Rashad White went wild because USC couldn't tackle. And it was interesting. When I talked to Michael Hutchings after the game, the linebacker coach... He said, it feels like we we stuffed them, we stuffed them, we stuffed them, and then one big play kind of breaks their back. And, you know, I thought they did contain the run pretty well early until that after USC scored. You know, it's like, okay, USC, you know, has scored, take the lead, 10-7. to And then back-to-back plays, just no tackling at all. And you're like, okay, no, never mind. No, this defense isn't isn't ready to, like, hold a lead. Um, And that's actually something they've struggled to do this season.
1: You know, when they
0: have been able to get leads – it hasn't been very comfortable, you know, because the defense. You know, Arizona game defense is coming back, and that's partly on the offense too, where the offense is not consistently putting drives together and being a consistent second half team. You know, third quarter once again struggles upon struggles in the third quarter. I don't know if it's just I don't know if it's just adjustments and te- other teams make adjustments, but the third quarter USC's offense is terrible, and other teams are able to find their footing more on the offensive side. So I. Once again, similar, very similar things. But, Chris, where does this team go from here? What What is your opinion on how the rest of the season can play out for them? Is there any hope for you that they can win two games and get bowl eligible after watching what we've seen the last three weeks? I think this the last three weeks since the bye week kind of is the epitome of this team right now.
1: Yeah, so three games left, need two to get a bowl game. I mean, it feels like – like I just said, there's three games left, but it feels like there's. it's going to be so long. Those three weeks are going to be so long when you're losing. Everyone's face was just so... Everyone just seems so, like, down and beaten down when we talk to players. Not even, like, had conversations with, like, interviews with them. Just, like, catching players as they left. Like, just having little off-the-record conversations. Like, everyone just seems so down and in the dumps. And that's understandable. You know, the team has lost a lot this season. Um, I just don't think mentally they're going to be able to get there. I just don't think they're going to be able to pull out those two wins... I mean, they could absolutely prove me wrong, but I just don't see it, you know. I just don't see it in their faces sometimes cover the field. They just look so beaten down. I mean, you're probably going to be favored against Cal, but you don't have Drake London. And that was going to be, like, your one thing, you know, Justin Wilcox always seems to bring out his the best when he has his defense, can step up against his, his old employer, and it's on the road, and USC does not have a big-time playmaker like Drake London to, to give Cal's defense issues, so... It, it's going to be a little bit more of an even fight, and I wouldn't even, like, pick USC outright in that sense. It's going to be a tricky pick for me when we do our, our covers. Um, but then UCLA, oh, I'm just so – you should be so scared for that game just because of how they're going to run on USC defense. Charbonnet, you've been pumping it up all along. It, it's coming. The, the, that data circled. They're ready to run wild on USC. And then BYU, which, you know, people thought maybe was going to be a rebuilding year after losing Zach Wilson, but, you know, they have been playing like a top 25 yeah. team. And that's not going to be a gimme, so at all. Even though it's at home, so I just don't see the two wins. This was your best chance to kind of set yourself up to get to get that win, and you, you kind of lost it. So I don't. Right now, I don't think it's going to be bowl eligible. I think they'll beat Cal. I think it'll be a, a struggle, but I think they'll get it, and then I think that's it. Then it stops there. I think the UCLA game is going to be fascinating. Yes, because UCLA doesn't play any defense either. Fair enough.
0: So. If USC can find some offensive flow in the next two weeks, that game could be a 56-54 game, and that would be fun at least. Whoever wins, it would at least be fun, be a close rivalry game, a lot of points being scored. Anything can happen. No one's tackling anyone. (laughs) You know, DBs for UCLA are giving up catches. That might be USC's best opportunity for a win. I actually think Cal they. You know they have more talent than Cal, but Cal's been playing a little bit better. BYU actually looks like the game that—that's the one where you look at it and you're like, "Ooh, that could be that could be bad." Because Tyler Alguire, no one really talks about him on the national stage, but dude is putting up yards upon yards upon yards, and he's doing it against—you know—they've—they beat Idaho State I think this week, but they also played the Virginias. They played four, I think. Will USC be their third? or I, mean, I think USC will be their fourth Pac-12 opponent, and they're three and zero right now. So, you know. BYU has a chance to, you know, really put it on USC if they so choose to, with the way they've run the ball and the way USC has struggled to stop, you know, run-first offenses. So that want to be really interesting. Hopefully, the UCLA game is really interesting because you got the bragging rights on the line, even more so than Notre Dame. You got the bragging rights on the line, and even in a bad season, you definitely at least still want bragging.
1: Rights. You got the pride. The pride, pride, pride yeah. is on the line. You know, pride definitely can. Bump up a le- your level of play a little bit. Absolutely. Any player that you are looking to see
0: maybe a big jump, maybe a young guy that you think, you know, we saw Zayven Alfred having a huge game. Is there somebody that you got your eye on? Like, that guy might just take off
1: and, you know, do something really special in the last few games. Yeah, uh, I got a couple guys. I don't know if this is like a – it's very hard to be, like, to take off at this position, but I think Max Gibbs has steadily – gotten better and better, had his first tackle last week, had his first only one tackle this week, but it was a tackle for a loss. It looks like he's, you know, finding his own in that defensive line spot. I think he slimmed down a little bit. I think we've talked about this. Like, he looks slimmer. He looks like he's just just loving playing on the D-line. So, I think him, I'm still waiting for that first sack. I'm just (laughs) so waiting. Everyone is going to go berserk, and I hope it's like a critical one too, not like a like a random garbage. I want want like a critical (laughs) third and eight, get the ball back and USC can maybe tie the game up or take the lead, something like that. And just watch everyone go crazy on the sideline. So that's a guy I think, I think a guy like Michael Jackson, the third, I I can tell you're ready to talk about him, but you know, obviously he got in a lot or the most he's got in. I believe you're the, you're the the, uh, rep guy. So, you know, but I believe he had 19,
0: so, uh, in round 20, 20 uh, so. we'll see when we do the official tally. But, yeah, around that amount, which is
1: more than he's played all season,
0: and uh, he had played already in four games previously, but he played like two snaps last week. He played one snap against Washington State. So, definitely getting some more action out there. Got his first catch at the end. Obviously, it's in garbage time. And, you know, I started to tweet it. Someone's like, why are you tweeting that out? It's still you, know, you still got to note it that it's his first career catch, even if it is in garbage time. Uh, so, good to see him out there, especially after he had a huge spring and then it kind of fell off in the fall. You know, you go through, you know, freshman often, sometimes if you break out early, you may hit that plateau, you may hit that wall, you know, can you break through it the second time, especially in the first season and take that next step. And I feel like he's getting there as well. So I think Taj Washington and Gary Bryant are both guys that are, you know, going to lead the receiving group, looking to see if Kyle Ford can, you know, really take a step forward, had some opportunities this game. He had one drop, uh, you know, Jackson Dart threw a window throw to him on one play, you know, connect him with him. So is he a guy that we see more and more? He's the guy I got in my eye on as well as those two guys. Both those guys were ones that I was thinking of too. I
1: also just want to throw out, like, Lake McCree seemed to he, – he got a he little – He played a lot. He, he played a lot. lot. Didn't, ca- didn't catch a ball, I believe, but he got some targets. And it, you know, it felt like they were trying to get him more involved in the offense. Made his debut last week, had a nine-yard reception. His first catch – so, you know, maybe that's a guy we see, you know, maybe catch his first touchdown in the in the last three weeks of the game. Maybe, maybe, you know, put on a nice little game with fifty yards or something like that. So I I think that's a name to keep an eye on, especially with a tight end position that's kind of beat up right yeah, now. He, he drew a pass interference call. Yeah.
0: Chris, a correct
1: how, pass interference call. Chris, how was that pass interference call in the press box? Yes, it was is very interesting. I'm gonna <laughs> okay. save it a little bit more for family feud for her okay, but but okay. but yes, there was some there was some chattering about not that not being a PI call, and all I gotta say is, never make that that point until after you see the replay. Yeah, just Hold wait. Then, just wait there's 10 no, seconds. There's no rush. There's no rush, just wait 10 seconds, and then you can make that judgment call. You can tweet that out, whatever you want. You can say it loudly in the press box, but just wait to see the replay, that's all I'm saying. Never slam your fist yeah. or anything on a potentially controversial call,
0: because there's gonna be a replay. And Always often, gonna be a replay. oftentimes, if it's like a fumble, no fumble, there's going to be several replays, so just wait. You don't have to be the first one.
1: You don't. You don't have to be the first one, especially <laughs> when there's a replay. When you know, just just wait. That's all. That's my advice for this podcast. Just wait a little bit. I always have to go a
0: little bit behind uh, behind the scenes. I always have to go through my photos because sometimes they show replays in the stadium. Sometimes they don't. Each each stadium's different. I did appreciate Arizona State would show big USC plays too, like the Kanai Mauga big hit in the the middle of the line. Like, you know, some stadiums are like, no, we're not going to show it. Which is interesting, MLB actually used to have a rule that stadiums were not allowed to show any replay that could be considered controversial because they didn't want fans mm-hmm. mad at the empires. I don't know if that's still the rule, especially now with reviews, but I, I, that used to be a rule for them. Like, no one's allowed to, don't show any replays. So you'd be in the stadium like, what happened? What ha- I couldn't see what
1: happened. Yeah, typically do not show like penalty replays. That that's that's a no no. But they're gonna show it on the broadcast. Exactly. Absolutely. We're by the big windmills, which you know I would just be curious to like strap myself on one and just see like, <laughs> like 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 not like, like not a, like, like, like 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 a ride rides? like a ride. Yes, yeah, somebody made like a windmill ride. You know, <laughs> just strap me on. And just like, let me go, you know. Just let me, let me take a couple rotations. I mean, I'm sure that I, I'm sure there's like some uh, roller coaster physicist or whatever scientist who knows what the limitations of this can be have on the human body. it will probably like kill me. But it just looks interesting, you know. You just want to hang on to that for dear life. All right, Don. On all right, it. Don Coyote. Um, no, I, I have no interest in riding a windmill. Don Coyote. <laughs> Don Fox. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into some of the, our road trip questions and maybe some USC questions?
0: Nah, I think we're good. Think we're good. Let's let's bring up the road trip. Chris, what was your favorite part of this road trip so far?
1: Oh my favorite part of my road trip. You're putting me in a in a, on the on the spot right now. Yeah, we're gonna go with some road trip questions. So
0: if you're just in for a USC football, this is this is a perfect time for you to, to cut it off. Though we are,
1: we might have some USC questions at the end, so you might have to stick around. This is so tough. I don't. I don't. I'm just having a, a tough time thinking of one right now. I'm just trying to de- dig into the recesses of my mind. The correct answer is steaks and cakes. Yeah, I mean that's like a classic. And if you don't know, Shotgun and I discovered this place in Blythe, right before the border. Right before the border, border Blythe, California. It's called. It's like this little uh, small diner, small diner off the road, uh, off the off the freeway called Steaks and Cakes and it's like with an end with an end and it's like sort of run down there's like a boat in the the random parking lot it's like in a dilapidated area the the, the, decor, the middle of the desert yeah the, the decor is like all over the place it's faded <laughs> it's worn down it's like i feel like it hasn't been updated since like maybe the 60s i don't know if it's even been That's around that, that long home. I'm glad it survived the 2020 pandemic. I was, Chris really, was worried. About I was that. a little bit worried that it was going to be like boarded up, whatever, uh burned down for the insurance money, whatever. <laughs> and it's just like a, a nice little thing tradition on the road trip. Even though it's I think it's like the second time we've done it. Third time? Third time? Yeah. Wow. These things go by fast. So 2015, 2017. All right, 2017, 2019, 2021. Uh I was late on our departure day by two hours that's a whole nother story so we didn't get a chance to hit it on the way there like we usually do so we had it on the way back so today a couple hours after we filmed this so we're well fed i have a nice cake in my belly um so yeah i would say uh that was a highlight i like the welcome diner experience at arizona in arizona always solid solid choice this place this place uh shotgun found Knows about just the softest biscuits I've ever had. <laughs> so I'm gonna be dreaming about those little biscuits and like being bundled up inside one, maybe sleeping on a couple. I knew I should have got a couple to go, but I don't feel like those those are the kind of biscuits that last. You know, like if I try to eat it the next day, it wouldn't have held. The kind like a donut.
0: Yeah, I mean, got... a good donut. You get it fresh. It's so good, but then if it's a day old, two days old. It's not the same.
1: Yeah, pretty much. That, that's exactly it. So. I'm glad that biscuit will live in that memory in that moment. So I think those are kind of the highlights for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, welcome diner is always a solid choice. Uh, actually, put on
0: by from Pedro Mora, my, my good buddy, um, who covers MLB. He uh, put me on that one of the trips that I was in Phoenix. Told me I had to go there. Solid choice. Outdoor dining. It's in the middle of a neighborhood, which is kind of strange. You're driving to it, and you're like, "Wait, am I in the right place?" Uh, but some good drinks as well there just a good atmosphere and they got good, good, good food and good desserts as well.
1: And so Welcome Diner is also your?
0: Not my, I said steaks and cakes. Oh,
1: so we're both, both just picking food stuff.
0: Well, it wasn't the game for sure. I mean, you could have said the Fox if you really wanted to. Um,
1: Oh yeah. The Fox It's up there. Yeah. It wasn't like something like crazy that happened, but yeah, we had a solid hotel. It was a solid trip for us helium boys trip i think this is the best hotel that we have stayed in together probably uh i remember one year we stayed at sort of a sketchy place motel six probably Yeah, it was it was motel you know you you walk by there's people like legitimately like living in in, in these motels and it's like we're in this but oh, we got water burger too water always solid even though we had to sit in the line for a long time that's okay and I don't want to get into uh, in and out and water burger debate. I just don't. I just don't want to do this. It would take up 30 minutes. But I think that that's something uh, that's something that's going to be remembered fondly. Because we've done that a couple of times, getting Whataburger together. It took me to a DQ last time. We were in Arizona. Um, which was your first time or second well, time, which is crazy to me. I was like a, a born-again DQ virgin, I like to say, because <laughs> I got it once – After my first tackle football game, when I was like 12 or something, when I went, this is like the only DQ I'd ever seen, it was like, because we were up in like the rural part of uh, Maryland, and there was one, never been, went, got some ice cream, and that was it. And then you, now that I'm, you know, I went through puberty, had my first kiss, all those things, became a man. (laughs) I can go back and have DQ again. For the very first time, so born again. Okay, Chris, if you say so. This things getting weird. It's hot in here. Air conditioning's off. We're hitting a little bit of traffic. We're trying to move through. Do you want to get through some of these these road trip questions? Sure, that we let's still, go. We still have. So we we got a bunch. So thank you to everyone who like submitted. Really appreciate it. Um, you've been answering some, so you can look at my uh my Twitter feed at. Chris and Trevino. I've answered some there, but there's some we haven't gone to. Chris, why do you have the N in your... Just to, deliberate, to differentiate me from other Chris Trevinos. Were you not able to get just Chris Trevino? I don't remember. I made this for my like, internet class. My internet journalism class. We had to make a Twitter, and it's possible that I just tried for Chris Trevino, and then that wasn't available, so mm. I just went... I should actually look it up and see if that's actually taken. Um, so I just went with the N there. Gotcha. Okay, so... I like this one from Samuel at SC Trojan underscore Sam, who mm-hmm. is a fan of our friend of the Family Feud podcast. Um, what would be your first big money purchase if you won the lottery? And who was your first celebrity crush? Kelly Kapowski is still bae. For him. That, that's that's for, him, for him. For uh, him. I feel like that's a older. Is that like Saved by the Bell? I think that's Saved yes. by the Bell. Saved okay. by the Bell. Um, so yeah, Tiffany what do you, what, what do you got?
0: My first, like, celebrity crush, if it's even considered celebrity, was the Magnificent Seven, the gymnastics team. 96 oh, Olympics. I think that counts. I'm from Atlanta, I'm from Atlanta, so I didn't get to go to the gymnastics, but I went to a couple of events. I was like 11 years old, so that's when I'm like, it's like, oh, girls, their thing, that's new. Um, and so, and plus, like, Dominique Mochione is like 13 or 14 years old at the time, so...
1: It's like oh, I yeah, got a shot. It's I like got a shot. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That, I had no I, shot. I think, no <laughs> shot. I, yeah. I remember being in the cycle where you always kind of had a crush on the the Olympic years. The like the the Team USA is like number one female gymnast, mm-hmm. like Amy Johnson or Nastia Lukin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you go through those waves with the with the Olympic years. Uh, for me, probably like an OG. Uh, crush for a lot of people from my generation or my age you know born in 1991 uh, is the original Pink Ranger
0: Oh, Amy, Amy Jo John- Johnson. Johnson
1: yes that was the one like if we're talking like awaken something deep and dark inside of me that deep and dark deep and dark but not a
0: deep dark love not a deep dark like love Clay oh well, maybe a
1: deep dark love Clay Helton once had for a I don't know I don't you don't really know what love is at that age, you know. <laughs> valid
0: point. Valid, valid point.
1: point. So I would say Amy Jo Johnson, the original Pink Ranger, uh, that was kind of the one for me. And then your first big money purchase.
0: First big money purchase. Are we talking just? We're
1: talking reasonable, or are we talking extravagant? It is whatever you want. If you want, because to be I know what my extravagant one. Yeah. Would if be. you want to get a po- uh, shower Walkman with your first big check, yeah, go for <laughs> it, man. Or if you want to buy a Lamborghini, do it. That's exactly what it would be. It's a Lambo. Are you? Like joking or no? You like a if, I, if I Lambo? was,
0: like I will would never spend the money on a Lambo. But if I win the lottery, then like I won't spend the money on a seventy or a hundred thousand dollar car. Probably in my life, I just don't see the value versus a thirty thousand dollar. How much? What provides that much more value? But a Lambo is the one exception I have. They just they purr. It sounds so beautiful. Um, I love the sound of a Lamborghini. So that would be that would be mine if I was. Ex- you know, make an extravagant purchase and I would say I would think that I would be a allowed one if I did win the lottery. So I'd do that, but my reasonable purchase would be a house, some kind of house.
1: Yeah, I guess if, if we're gonna break it into that, like reasonable not reasonable, and I really did not think you were gonna say like a Lamborghini. It doesn't seem like you it oh, sounds so buy, good. yeah, I guess. So you're just gonna like go to sleep to that? You're gonna pay someone to like Rev it <laughs> up a little up while you go to sleep. Like, have like
0: someone sits in the garage.
1: Yeah, and you have a, a like a baby walkie talkie and you just like <laughs> have it revved up. Yeah. I guess you've got that kind of money, I mean you could pay me to do it. Uh reasonable, I mean probably just like for me it'd probably be just like paying off like family debt or whatever, like clearing that out for my parents or whatever, just like
0: Yeah, I could probably do that with my student loans, but yeah, <laughs> who do that? Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean if that's the <laughs> reasonable route and then like unreasonable, mm, yeah, I mean I'm probably gonna buy like a I've always wanted a Land Rover. Okay. Like a nice black Land Rover. They're just so nice looking.
0: Range um, Rover though or Land Rover? Sorry, probably Range Land- Rover, Range
1: okay. Rover. Yeah, not I mean, a Land ra- Rover.
0: Range Rover is made by Land Rover. Right. A company. I got
1: I got a little it's hot in here. We're pushing through it. Try. Sorry, my brain got a little screwed up. So Range <laughs> Rover, nice little black Range Rover. I think that's what it would be. I also uh, might get a baby giraffe. All right, we're moving on because you're just – What? Now. i said that since 2010 when I a went to – A baby the, giraffe? You know what? It'll Cup. become a full-grown giraffe at some point. And it'll be awesome. All right. We'll be best friends. I was a Toys R Us kid. What do you expect? R.I.P. That's not a sad movie, but it's a sad memory <laughs> you just brought up. So you're on thin ice, sir. Oh, uh, this one comes from our friend Michael Casio of Reign of Troy uh, always has interesting food takes yeah, some, uh, some dude, I'm like not interesting bad food s- takes some, on, I'm, some I'm like yes I, I see what you're saying and I'm with it but some are like get off Twitter <laughs> get off Twitter right now uh, but he asked dearest Helium boys please tell us who, who would be cast in a movie about the Peristyle podcast hmm that's interesting. I feel like I have talked a little bit about this in one of my fake reads uh, about the, the Lifetime series that they were going to do on us. And I casted everyone. Um, but I'm interested to see who. You we, had a
0: solid one for Ryan. I do remember that.
1: I don't remember. I, I don't remember who it was. Remember I remember them. it was a solid though. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: I just The, the first thought that my, in my mind is like, who's going to play Dan Weber? He's going to have to make a guest appearance. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Is it like Brian Dennehy, or is it like – Brian Dennehy. He played Bobby Knight in a movie at one point. Okay. Um, I I take...
1: <laughs> Sorry, I've never seen one Bobby Knight you, movie. IMDMB. I'm
0: D B IMDb. it. You can look up Brian Dennehy real quick while I'm going through this. Uh, I also thought of a Will Paxton. Or Will, Patton, Will Patton, I think it is.
1: Yeah, I think you're thinking of Bill Patton. No, Bill no. Paxton.
0: Will. No, not Bill Paxton Pullman, because that's the same person. Okay. R.I.P. to one of them. I
1: couldn't but, tell you which one.
0: Yeah, I don't know which one I was.
1: What's with. the guy's name? Brian Dennehy. Brian Dennehy. Um, But I don't know who. Would, Are we casting everyone or just ourselves? I don't know. I just
0: that was the first one to come to my mind.
1: But I don't know. Uh, I'm I don't, casting. I don't know little, that anyone can play me. I'm casting Little Dicky. A.K.A. Dave Bird, who, is, who acts to play you. Oh, it's the dad from Tommy Boy? Yes. There you go. Why don't you just say that?
0: I just couldn't think of it.
1: One of my favorite all-time movies, Tommy Boy. Oh, nice. R.I.P. as well. Late, oh, my God. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would pick Dave Bird to play you. Lil Dicky. He's
0: already an actor, so
1: we know he can act a little bit. He would have to tone down a little bit of his silliness. Because you're not as silly as him, okay. you would have to be a little bit more serious. Uh, but you do have some silly in you. Obviously, you want to buy a freaking baby giraffe, so nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So that's kind of the pick there. Um, as for myself, it's going to be Michael Peña, and it's always going to be Michael Peña. Yes,
0: you said that multiple times. That's like a running
1: joke with my friends. Is Michael Peña? If Michael Peña is in a movie, it's like, oh, Chris is in a movie. That's the joke. Okay. I, I wish there I wish he was a little bit younger because I'm not as old as Michael Pena. Um, but yeah, do you want to pick someone for Keeley?
0: I see. I'm terrible at this type of thing. My roommate is much better. She knows celebrities in and out, so she can do six degrees of se- Kevin Bacon like it's nothing. Um, but I like when people say things. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that would fit. Well, exactly what you said on the first two. That would fit. But the only one I thought of initially was Dan and maybe Brian did
1: so, I got nothing else I'm, s- s- I'm sticking with my original Keely pick Which she really didn't like uh, And I was a little bit offended that she didn't like But I went with Hilary Duff
0: hmm, Interesting
1: I think she's gotten that Oh she's also gotten a,
0: on our YouTube comments During Tunnel Vision She's gotten a young Sharon Stone Which I don't necessarily see But that's what people I'm gonna, see. I'm gonna, I'm I don't very... think that we can Bring a young Sharon Stone in to play her uh, but... You can do anything these
1: days Oh hologram it no, I just meant, like, CGI. Oh, CGI. Yeah. Same, same thing. Let me see a young Sharon Stone really quickly. But what about Ryan? Who plays Ryan? You had a good one. I just
0: can't... Did you say it was... I think you said Luke or Owen Wilson.
1: Or oh, Wilson yeah. Brothers. It was one of those.
0: Yeah, that's it. Luke Wilson, right? Luke
1: Wilson. I can see
0: that. See, Chris is much better at this.
1: So we'll just go with his original picks. I could see a young Sharon Stone. I could see it. Okay. You could talk me into it. All right. So... I know that wasn't like a completely jointed effort on that, but that's what we got. It is.
0: We are on the road. We're stuck in traffic, so we're
1: giving, uh, you, a, we're
0: giving you what we got. We're trying to actually get beside the trucks so we can be in their shadow right now
1: uh, to avoid the sun. Steven at our go Man is uh, he actually gave us four questions for the road trip. We only did two on the way up, so we still have two left. They're we, all like. Should we recap the first two? Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. They're all music themed. Okay. So it was, uh, first one was favorite album, like Truly No Skips. I said 50 Cent's Get Richard Die Trying album. You went through a lot. You went through a lot, and I said, no, Shotgun, you have to pick one, and you kind of just still copped out anyway. I said, any Outcast album. Any Outcast album, which I will accept, but still, like, okay. Was also, that, I said Mad City from Kendrick Lamar. You went That's a lot probably the it. best album of recent time, just a full album. And then Starboy, the weekend. Because I'm a big weekend. I didn't realize that that he was a big weekend man. That's something I learned on, on this show. Sheila and I both enjoy the weekend. I can write to it, uh, and I can just listen to it anytime, any mood. Feels good to me. Two was guilty pleasure musical artist. I said Tyga. I also um, had an issue
0: with this one. I had a struggle with this one because I don't. If I listen to it, it's not a guilty pleasure to me. I don't really care what other people think about it, so... Right. Um, but okay. you... I mentioned some different artists. So I was like, maybe some people would consider it this. And you went with... Which one? Uh, Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas. I like Nick Jonas. He sings with emotion. I like... I like artists that sing with emotion, so...
1: As do we all. But I think Does later... Doesn't have to be the
0: best sounding. I prefer to be sound good, but sing with emotion. Rather than the, the sweetest sounding ever, and there's no emotion in the
1: voice. Later... At the Welcome Diner, you kind of had an epiphany and said, oh, Katy Perry could also be a group.
0: Yeah, Katy Perry could be in there. It's not like some of their some of her songs. but Their
1: songs, yes. The group Katy Perry.
0: I like her songs when there's rappers involved,
1: usually. So we're getting to the new ones now. Number three is go-to karaoke song. Ooh. And I just want to say, I'm not a big karaoke person. It's very big among my friends. Like, I don't like it. Unless I'm drunk. Unless I'm just, <laughs> like, absolutely... So so unless you've had two drinks. Yeah, unless I've had two drinks and I'm, like, (laughs) nice and drunk, will I do it? Um, But, like, if I'm, like, like, let's just say, like, I'm, like, optimal drunk and I'm, like, optimal, like, I want to do this and I want to perform. It's going to be, oh, Nelly's, uh, I'm blanking on the song. Country Grammar? No, no, no. Hot in here? No. Take a ride with me? It's, it's, oh, it's, it's country grammar. Oh no, no 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 no! It's what is it? Ride with me. Ride with me. Yes, yeah. there it is. I was on. I was on the right path. It would be Nelly's "Ride with Me." Just want to do the Vanna White line. <laughs> it's just so. I love singing that when I was a kid. Hell no!
0: You for real?
1: Yeah. It's just. It's just so great. An incredible beat. Just so catchy. I have to listen to it anytime it's on. It comes on my. Uh, my playlist or whatever it's just a great song and i love it so much so that'd be my pick if i was single oh no when i was single would go
0: with like an usher nice and slow okay you know some kind of r&b music it's more difficult to mess with the words then um because it's slower slower yeah um, even the quicker parts i know the words so um that's what i would do then some outcast songs? Anything outside of Miss Jackson? I don't really like Miss Jackson, even though that's vice favorite. Okay. I know almost all the lyrics. So.
1: Do you do karaoke? Like, I haven't done it in a long time. But are you like a karaoke person? Like, if it's like... I don't mind it. If it's like other shotgun, people, hey, you want to go, go Yeah, uh, if, I, if people, other
0: people invite that I'm in, but it's not usually my invite. Okay. What is your invite to people, Chris? What is the thing that you like to do and you try to get other people involved? Good,
1: good, great side question, and it, I mean, depends on the, the mood, but usually it's go see a movie, Okay. like go to a movie theater, watch a movie, mm-hmm. I love, that's what I love doing, and then play a board game. I like board games. I'm a big board game person, and haven't had a board game night in a while, so I'm going to try to probably get one of those going, but... Yeah, those are probably the top two. I like, movie and board game.
0: I like trivia related board games. Trivial mm-hmm. pursuit, those type of things.
1: Or trivia. That's just something we used to do a lot before pandemic. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of and everything. Couple of <laughs> breweries around that did trivia nights and we love used to go in those uh, you know, get usually we'd start off with like me and my buddy and then like people arrive late, get the group yep. to like four or five and then we're kinda like, We're in third place, we can do this, we can do this, we we carry the <laughs> team to this point, let's do it. Um so yeah. Which brings up a side thing. When I first moved to Long Beach, I was doing trivia with my friend Tyler, who you know. Mm -hmm. And we used to have this uh, trivia spot. We used to go to this bar. And we used to have this rival trivia group called the Mad Hatters. And they were like an older group. Like I'm talking like 60, 70, maybe the youngest, like 55 range. Like an older group of like maybe like 10 to 12. They would always win. They just have all that knowledge. It's no fair. They would just always win. We'd come in second place all the time, and it's just very annoying, so the Mad Hatters.
0: Did you ever try to split up the group? Say, hey, you take half our group, we'll split up our group, and we'll split up your group.
1: We never really did that unless there was, like, a hard cap on who you, like, some places was, like, six, six people only, six people only, and then maybe we have, like, eight people Then we, would like, split it to four four. but usually we like to stay in a big group.
0: No, I think you should half and half your group with their group. Six of their older people, six of your younger people, and then the two groups can battle each other out. They would never do it. They're too smug. Eh. They're too smug. Wow. Smug, too.
1: Champions and smug. Understand. Win with class. That's all I have to say.
0: <laughs> no 106 to 0 games for you?
1: No. Huh. None. And what's your go to invite?
0: I like bowling. Oh, okay. Something that not a ton of people like, but, you know, I don't do it very often necessarily or anything, but. I enjoy bowling. I had a bowling class in college. So that was really fun. It was literally just you go to the bowling alley. We had like two like actual assignments. For one, you had to figure out how to score in bowling, which I already knew. Uh, but you just go and you bowl
1: for an hour and a half. I like bowling. It's not a. It's not like an every week thing, but like maybe it's like, no. oh, let's go bowling. Let's go night bowling. Let's go bowling yeah. the dark bowling. But I don't There's know some how. drinks be... when you do doing it. Whatever. But now looking back on it, bowling's disgusting. Put your fingers in the holes. You're getting some chicken tenders. You're putting it all in. You know, it's, it, you got to be a little more conscious now, moving forward after 2020 when you go bowling. Because bowling, so you got to have your own balls. What you're saying? No, I just like got to have wipies on. You can't just be like, ooh, chicken ball chicken, <laughs> ball, chicken ball, chicken ball. You just gotta, you know, mix it up. You gotta, you gotta wipe down everything now. That's all I'm saying. Bowl with gloves. Bowl sure. with gloves. There's the answer. <laughs> uh, and number four, who has the worst taste in music for everyone who works interns at the Peristyle?
0: I don't know any of the interns'
1: taste in music, so... Yeah, we don't really...
0: because, Especially because of the pandemic, it's not like they're in the office with us or anything. We don't have an we're, office, really.
1: Well, the well, studio, we have a studio, but, but like...
0: But still, like, it, we're not... We're not riding around with them, necessarily, or anything like that, so... You don't really find out anyone's music tastes that way. I like, I barely know
1: Chris's music tastes, so I mean, our music tastes pretty much align a little bit. I would think uh, that, but yours, I don't is necessarily. Your, but yours is a little more diverse. I, I I mean, I would probably guess myself, just because I don't really consider myself like a music I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Like I don't like a new album comes out, at least nowadays. Like a new Kendrick album comes out and I'll just listen to the whole thing. I'll just play the whole thing and listen to it. I don't I don't do that. Like I'll hear a song, maybe off the album say, like, Oh, I like that song. And then maybe I'll randomly find another song and I like that song. So I don't listen to full albums like that anymore. Yeah. A lot, like what people do actually. Yeah, I mean
0: some people do when things come fresher out, but I don't I don't really care that much about it people are like, Oh,
1: did you listen listen to albums like I'll get to it eventually. which songs are on the radio? Okay, I've heard that one. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how I am. So I'm very limited in my musical like like oh i don't know this artist i've never heard this artist or i don't know i'm just not like very like music is not very diverse it's very like hip-hop and r and
0: i listen to rap and classical so
1: yeah you're very you're very like i'm all over the place you touch a lot of places so i i would consider me if we're talking about musical takes i don't have a lot of uh you're like a buffet i'm like um i'm like a restaurant that only has like three things on the menu I'm a buffet with no
0: seafood, which would be country music. I don't listen to country music. But for someone else, from like the whatever? South,
1: that's that's surprising. I listen to plenty of it growing up. Fair enough. So those are all those questions for there. I think we have one more. Um, let's see. Jordan Simon on the ASU podcast stated about... This comes from... Oh, this was a DM to you. Yep. These players don't even realize that they're being... Coached so poorly, and it made me think in general do players really know good versus bad coaching except for the results? Were USC players gaslit all these years by Helton?
0: I don't like the whole gaslit term, um, especially in this context. I don't like any political terms because people try to use them so often, and it just is uh, annoying to me. Uh, but to answer the first question, uh, and Jordan Simone, you know, he got fired from his job. Now, it's a bad look for ASU for him to, to be saying these things when he's employed by school and that's what happened. Uh, but that's the, the pride and the, you know, the, the heart of a, of a player. You want to see their program be doing better. And like, this is very similar to a Sue Cravens, you know, if he was given an open mic all the time, because he's got plenty to say about USC, and especially with the way they're playing right now. And there'd be some stuff that the administration wouldn't like. And, you know, that's it's a tough situation, so don't necessarily put a player in that. Don't you know? And maybe that's because he went on this podcast that was separate, and that's why they were upset about it. I don't know. But uh, the the question about do players understand when they're being coached good or poorly? Once you've had a good coach, then you understand all the poor ones. Um, in the moment, you may not understand a poor coach. Like if you go from high school and you've had a decent coach, and you go to college and they're decent may not understand that you're not getting the greatest but if you go from you know if you've had jason negro as your head coach at bosco and then you go to usc and there's a bunch of turmoil and just just a bunch of issues outside of the white lines and you're like why is this program run like that and you would ask if you're a freshman or sophomore like does this happen everywhere and that's when if you go to st john bosco you ask DJ at Clemson you ask you know guys that are at Nevada and you know Idaho and small schools and big schools and you get that background and information and you know guys trade their war stories basically and you understand this doesn't work this does work in, in college I had a, a coach that you know, we weren't being coached well and we basically there were some people that went to the the athletic director and said, what is what's going on here? We need a better coach basically. Some of the players did that. So, you, you kind of understand it when it's happening cuz you you players understand the potential of the players. They understand how good each uh, everyone is versus who I played in the past, you know, whatever. So you understand what the potential of your team is and if you're not coming together and you know, you usually can identify what the issues are. And you know, to be straightforward and honest, I've talked with some of the offensive players that say the USC offense just isn't working. And they it's they put it on the coaching. So, you know, there are players that see a lot of the same things that some of the, the fans see about the offense. And now I think I think coordinators, position coaches, head coaches sometimes get a lot more blame than they deserve. Sometimes but they also get a lot more credit than they deserve when teams are winning. That's just the nature of the beast. Same thing with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are always going to get a ton of credit I mean, Jackson Dart's getting credit for that first drive for leading him on that drive when he didn't complete a pass. But Jackson Dart's also going to get, you know, a lot of crap when he throws an interception behind someone. And so that it, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, you know, the position you're in. But as far as players, I think that they do understand the coaching they're receiving and the level
1: that they're getting in at. Most of them at least do. Well said. Checking uh, we're just over the hour – we do have a couple more, so we're gonna rapid fire. Okay. These these are all pretty much USC questions, so let them let them fly. Okay. Um, it's hot in here. We like the AC back on for front. real. So let's let's run through these. Um, this one's not a USC one, but how many hats did Shotgun bring with him on the trip? Only brought two on the trip. Interesting. Interesting. Why only two?
0: Uh, we're gone for three days basically. Saturday, Is Sunday. Is it like underwear Friday, Saturday, for you? Sunday?
1: Like you need.
0: Uh, it, it just depends like you know when we went to Notre Dame, I think I took only two then. It's just you know when I try to coordinate my wardrobe, So you know, if okay, if we're gonna be gone for three days, then let me get all blue stuff. so I only need one or two hats versus getting a blue shirt, a black shirt, and a red shirt and now I need three hats.
1: So the little things man's, yeah. man men on top of it. Um, Eric asks if Graham has to has the say so to just go with one quarterback going forward, who was is, who is his choice? I mean, I think his choice is Keaton Slovis. I think it's Keaton Slovis I mean, that's
0: the the guy he's put his stake in. You know, he's put his chips, he's bought stock in Keaton Slovis, you know, from, you know, remember two years ago, going in the spring of 2020, I believe it was, or maybe it was at the end of the 2019 season, when there was talk about, you know, Keaton Slovis was on early Heisman lists. And Graham Harrell talked about it and said, yeah, that would be really good for my resume type of thing. So, you know, I think he's – invested a ton of time and effort into Keaton Slovis and trying to develop him, that that's the guy that he would go with. And especially when you look at it and you go, am I going to be here next year? What are the odds of me being here next year? If it's Graham Harrow, you're thinking that's probably not going to happen. Most of the coaches probably not going to happen, but particularly Graham Harrow, you go, okay, I'm going to go with the guy that I know, the guy that I trust, or do I go with a young guy and try to develop him? And Who am I developing him for? I'm developing for the next guy. If I already have trust in Keane Slovis, then he's probably going to stick with him. So I think that's who we would go with. But that's just my opinion,
1: uh, you know, from the outside looking in on that one. Gustavo asks, do you think USC will win back-to-back games this year? I'm kind of digging the flip-flopping nature of this season.
0: <laughs>
1: if they don't, they don't get bowl eligible. So, <laughs> well, I guess they'll take the this in could uh, if
0: they won Cal and BYU. But no, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. Still could, still could get bowl eligible, but I don't I
1: don't think it's going to happen as far as winning back-to-back. I'm just checking to make sure this, this is not a question for us. It was just a question asked in a story we were tagged in, so I didn't want to ask it. So keep it rolling, keep it rolling, <laughs> keep it rolling. Assuming USC, this is from Shane Sullivan, assuming USC hires the right guy, how long before they're nationally relevant? I'm talking about in the mix to make the CFP. That's a that's a
0: tough question.
1: Yeah, that's a good question.
0: I like that. good school. question. Good question. Great question there. Um, it really depends. How quickly can you restore the talent level at USC?
1: And there's some deficiencies as we've talked about. And
0: there are deficiencies. Um, and it was I think those deficiencies are even actually uh, exacerbated by the injuries they've had at certain positions. And that's going to happen at times. Even if you're really deep, you know that's going to happen. But have you ever really looked at Alabama or Clemson recently and been like, they just don't have any guy there because of a couple injuries? You know, they're just completely deficient there, and that's happened with USC. So, when a new coach comes in, first it's they got to change the culture. Culture is still an issue at USC. There's some locker room issues. There was some there was some disinterested players on the sidelines towards the end of the game, even before it was a two score deficit. That's got to be fixed somehow. They've got to figure out, you know, they've got to to learn how to tackle better. And I know that the current coaching staff has worked on it over and over and over. But part of that is will and desire. You know, you can put guys in the right position. You can teach them all the fundamentals. But if you don't have that dog in you to go and make that play, sometimes you're just not going to make that play. So, you know, part of that is recruiting. But part of that is mentality. And if you can change that mentality and you can turn – you know, if you can turn ten guys on the roster that currently don't have that, and you can turn them into having that, that changes the roster really quickly too. Uh, and you can go in the transfer portal and pull some people out. But I had this conversation uh, a couple days ago with a baseball coach. He's like, "Yeah, we got this transfer from so and so," and I was like, "Yeah, I heard good things about him." And you know, someone was saying that you guys are pretty high on them. They're like, "Yeah, but we gotta we gotta make sure we temper our expectations because we understand." If they're in the transfer portal, they're in there for a reason. And my comment was, yeah, how many number one picks have you ever seen go on the transfer portal? You know, you have seen Baker Mayfield. That Joe was, Burrow?
1: Joe Burrow, yes.
0: In football, that can happen at the quarterback position. Have you seen it anywhere else, though? It, yeah, doesn't, right. it doesn't really happen. Um, if you're talented, you'll be on the field. The only one is quarterback, and that's because it's such a one-person-should-play-all-the-time, right. as we're seeing at USC. So, you know, I don't think quarterback – depth or quarterback talent is the issue at USC going forward with the guys they have on the roster with Devin Brown, if they can get him in the class. I mean, if they get him signed. So, you know, it's some other positions that maybe you can go in. But, again, offensive line super hard to get in the transfer portal. But you might be able to find some pieces that piece it together quicker like they did with the safety position. I mean, they've added a ton of, a ton of talent at that position, both recruiting and in the, the transfer portal. Now, could they do that in some other positions? That will be a big question. But they can the
1: fastest what do you think is the fastest chris i would say maybe i'm just like really off on this but i think like maybe 3 to 4 seasons my guess would be 3 would be the fastest maybe you might actually could do it in 2 yeah just because i think it's going to be easy to recruit at usc it's yeah. usc you bring in a coach you know you get you get you get a a, a nice splashy hire they're going to have energy they're they're going to have their staff they're going to be energized to like bring in recruits they bring in their guys and it's easy to recruit at usc we 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 know that we know they're being poached in the california they've done a better job with dante williams and all that but i think i think it won't be as a a big a struggle as people think it might be to to get kids to come back to usc that's not going to be an issue they just need to get the coach in there get them in front of players and i think the players will come and then you're going to get some talented kids and i think obviously they're young but i think you build a couple seasons and i think three would be the fastest that that's my guess
0: I think two would be the fastest and it's because there's so much turnover in college football. You know, you, rosters just turn over really quickly. Um, there's not a ton of guys that are fifth and six year guys that are playing through a program or you're not a, not getting many guys that are four year starters or anything like that. So the the turnover can go a little bit quicker. So I think two years would be the very fastest. I think three is much more realistic and with the right coach, you know, maybe in two years you're, you're battling for a, the Pac-12 championship. I mean, it wouldn't be out of, out of line to think to take a battle for a Pac-12 championship because of how weak the entire Pac-12 is.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because you're in the conference of the Pac-12, yeah. it's going to be easy. You know, it, y- if you're at USC you you have national asp- aspirations, it, it gets no easier than the Pac-12. You can just run through that, get to the Pac-12 championship, get a win, boom, you're in the discussion.
0: Yeah, and, and that could happen. And then obviously, I think they're a little bit behind. They're behind Oregon right now for sure. Yeah. think they're a little bit behind Utah. Now that Utah has gotten figured out what happened with those transfers, maybe going forward they're even better in the transfer portal. They did a really good job of getting talented players. It took them a little bit to figure out how to get those players invested, and maybe it was just the quarterback there. Maybe it was just getting Cam rising to start and getting Charlie Brewer out of there. Maybe that was the only difference for them. Obviously, they've gone through so much in the last 10-12 months uh, with the, the deaths of Aaron Lowe and Ty Jordan. But that team is together and united and that to me for the next couple years is the front runner in the the Pac-12 South. Arizona State is a mess. Arizona just no talent. UCLA could be on a new coach so other than Utah and hey maybe you save up some special stuff against Utah you can beat the rest of the Pac-12 South and then you know you're you're representing the South in the the Pac-12 title that's all a possibility within a year or two. But getting into the national conversation and getting into the college football playoff is another step beyond that. I think it's going to be a step-by-step process for USC. I don't think they'll jump a step in that one. I think it's going to take a little a little work in progress. But it all comes down to how quickly you can turn change the mentality and the culture inside that that locker room.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Shotgun. Thank you for those questions. That was our last question. So One last question for you, Chris. Oh, no. What was your favorite road trip you've ever been on?
0: And I'll start to give you a second to to, to process okay. and go through. I've had two really awesome road trips. One where I went around the country in 18 days, uh, stopping at baseball museums and libraries and doing research uh, for for a baseball book. And then the other one, my cousin and I went up the uh, up the west coast. Went and took the one all the way up to basically cut off to Portland, went to uh, Vancouver, came down. Went through you know, several different places in Canada, came down through Yellowstone, went over to Mount Rushmore, went to Chicago. Ter- terrific trip. was a two-week trip for us. He went on another week, and then I actually I had to come back for a fall camp, I actually think, was what it was, and then met him at Vegas on his way back to go to to go to go an event as well. So that was a great road trip for, for my cousin and I. Awesome. Which, uh, was in a Range Rover, which is oh, one okay. of the reasons why I thought Not of it. Not a Land Rover. Range Rover. Rain Rover. Which he was very concerned about when we went through the Badlands, because not paved, obviously. There was a bison roadblock, and he was worried if one of those bison would, would right. hit his vehicle because he's very particular about his car. Of course, takes care of
1: it. Uh, I've been on some road trips. You know, you know, I, I take a road trip to Mammoth every year with my my girlfriend. Those are fun. Uh, I made some trips to Vegas with my friends uh, for, for concerts. Those are fun. Um, you know, the the road trip. I did with you and Keely. We went to Cal. That was fun. That was an experience. Uh, but I think the one I would choose was the road trip I took out here to California when I moved from Maryland. I went across the country with my dad. I uh, wish I'd, we had given I'd given myself a little bit more time because I think we did it in like three days. Uh, didn't really like stop along the <laughs> way to like experience it. But I was with my dad. I appreciate that he came with me, you know, to help me move out here. Um, and again, it, the main—it was mainly just us in the car, driving through the night, stuff like that. But I think that's always something I'm going to remember doing with my dad, nice. driving across the country. So I think that's uh, that's my choice uh, for for your for your question. Is there a quick worst road trip? Mm, no, not really. Just like having to be the person to drive back after you know
0: partying all night
1: in, in Vegas, and like having <laughs> to be the one to drive. That's not—that's never fun. That's that's probably the worst thing. I've never had like anything like, especially if it's Sunday and yeah. there's so much traffic. I'm, like, yeah. Daylight. Never anything like broke down or like had a huge fight. Everyone split up. <laughs> Everything exploded. Forgot our bags. Nothing like that. So I've been pretty lucky with road trips. But yeah, I, I would have to say just like having to be the one drive back and everyone's like sleeping and you're like, I, gotta I, I just gotta stay awake. Let me play some music or something like that. So that's about it.
0: Uh, I. Drove to Omaha a couple times for the College World Series, and the last trip that I made was in Colorado, middle of the night, three in the morning or so, about an hour outside of Denver, and I did not see that there I ended up hitting something. Oh, no. And a human body? It was not a human body, oh, okay. thankfully. I thought that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> suddenly uh, the the cast of I Know What You Did Last Summer showed up. Right Sarah Michelle Gellar was, Jennifer uh, Love Hewitt was there. What a, a, what a, what a reference! <laughs> but uh, I heard something, and I was like, "What is that?" And I just got my car serviced. I thought something had been left loose. Pull over. My transmission was messing up. Ended up having to be towed forty five minutes backwards towards oh. Denver. Oh no! Um, had to wait around until the place opened. Oh. And on Saturday morning at like 9 a.m., so I'm waiting at a McDonald's for about four hours doing uh, some writing. I had to write an LA Times story while I was in the dealership. They're like, "I'm there way before anybody else." They're like, "Oh, we'll get you after our uh, scheduled ones, all our appointments." So I had to wait around extra hours. Then they uh, finally look at it. I either hit a coyote or woolly mammoth, one of the two. Woolly mammoth. I'm not exactly certain. Could have been a mini woolly mammoth. But then I had to take the train the rest of the way to Omaha because my car was was going to take multiple, take several days to to fix it, and then uh, came back and took the train back to get it, too. So it was a very interesting trip. Brutal.
1: Just so brutal.
0: Some little kid, some, like, 14-year-old kid, like, sleeping on my shoulder. Everyone wants to sleep on my
1: shoulder randomly. Just have that kind of shoulder, Shotgun. I guess. I had that on the last flight back from Chicago, too. All, All right, Shotgun. We're in traffic. We're about 91 miles from our destination. We did our first Helium Boys CarCast on the move, on the go CarCast. Um, this is your idea, you wanted to do it. We did it, we're about a little bit, we're about closing on an hour and 20, so I think it's a good place to stop.
0: Yeah, we to um, stop this. Time.
1: <laughs> we, we need our air conditioning, we need reset. Uh, so thank you for doing this, hope you listened. If you made it this far, congratulations. Uh, you now win a prize. You now win a prize. Go to go to 378 Fifth Avenue. <laughs> find a key under the bench. Take that to the to the World Trade Center Memorial. You'll find a guy named Mike in a trench coat. He will lead you the way. <laughs> Hold on to that key. So thank you. Thank you all. Shotgun. anything you want to say before we go. No, thanks for listening, guys. And,
0: uh, you know, we'll see you on the Family Feud podcast as well and the rest of the rest of the stuff this week but uh we'll see what USC does going forward you know obviously wasn't a great trip for them though I will say leading into the game they didn't have any travel woes they didn't have a plane tip they didn't have they didn't get stuck on the tarmac for a while which happened in Notre Dame had some issues there so at least they travel well and they safely returned home too so you
1: know that's always something that gets overlooked but safe travels are always important I'm Chris that shotgun together we are the helium boys Uh, And that's it for this CarCast. Thank you Ludacris for letting us use your song as our intro.